All right. Got a little warmed up right there. Once again, glad, glad you're here. We're going to continue a two-week series that we started last week uh, called Anticipation. And uh, before Christmas, you anticipate Christmas Day, and maybe you have an idea of what that's going to look like. You're with family, you're with friends. And then if you're like me, Christmas is so much buildup, and then it's over. And then you're like, wow, time to take the lights down, put the tree back in the box. And then I have to remember, no, you can't do that on Christmas night. It's not over yet. Sometimes that's how I feel. There's so much anticipation, and then, then it's over. And then usually what I realize is, oh, there's, there's New Year's, and there's kind of an, another time where you get excited about something that's new, and this idea of a new opportunities and a new year and the different things that that, that brings. Uh, so really today we're talking about the anticipation that comes as we, we face a new year. And it's a good opportunity, as we're on the 30th of December, to look back at this past year and to look forward to, to the year ahead. Now, I get excited about new things. Uh, in fact, I kind of have a little bit of a problem. Ever since I was young, anytime I got something new, I, I would not want to open it, whether it was like a present, whether it was clothes. I have this thing like the idea of newness sometimes is more important than the actual object itself. Case in point, when I was in college, I got these like navy blue Airwalk shoes, and I thought they were really cool. And I didn't wear them because they were new, and I just didn't want to mess them up. So I got married, and like five years later, I decide now's the time to wear these shoes. The problem was like they were no longer in style. It's like I missed the whole cycle of the shoe. I literally wore them once. My wife said, "Ah, goodwill." Somebody got a, a once worn pair of shoes. A green sweater uh, I wore actually a few weeks ago. And I pulled it out of my closet. I was like, I, what's this? And it had the tag still on it. And I realized that was like a trip that I had with family that I bought like five years ago. Never wore it. And I wore it once and, and I'm like, eh, goodwill. But I have this issue with, with newness. There's something like that the idea of it, it, it's kind of this allure like, well, I don't want to use it because then it's not new anymore. And a lot of times as we face the new year, we kind of have that same mentality. It's this idea of, well, it's new. It's this opportunity to start afresh, and it becomes this idea that has warm feelings for us, but may not actually translate into to action. The time of year doesn't bring really any advantage to us. We don't take opportunity of it. So I want to talk today about how do we maximize this time to actually reflect, and at the same time, look ahead to maximize the time that we have. And so I want to dig into the scriptures this morning, specifically uh, the book of Psalms. And Psalm 34 uh, offers some perspective that I think is a real help to us in the new year, a real challenge to us. And we're just going to walk through it and pull out some three ideas that we can take as we approach this new year. So I want to read through the first uh, 10 verses of Psalm 34. Uh, you'll see it up on the screen. And there's an outline in your program if you want to follow along. Uh, but let's read that together. It says, I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. My soul makes its boast in the Lord. Let the humble hear and be glad. Oh, magnify the Lord with me and let us exalt his name together. Verse four, I sought the Lord and he answered me and delivered me from all my fears. Those who look to him are radiant and their faces shall never be ashamed. This poor man cried and the Lord heard him and saved him of all his troubles. 
The angel of the Lord encamps around those who fear him and delivers them. Verse 8, O taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the man who takes refuge in him. O fear the Lord, you his saints, for those who fear him have no lack. The young lions suffer want and hunger, but those who seek the Lord lack no good thing. So I want to walk through these 10 verses and pull out kind of three main points from each chunk of those Psalms. Uh, The book of Psalms offers a great perspective to us. It offers insight, it offers hope, encouragement. The Psalms are basically these uh, records of people that were crying out to God, many written by David, a king in Israel. And David faced many trials, many pains, many troubles, poor decisions. But he always came to the point that despite what he had done in the past, and despite maybe the fears that he faced, he took the time to turn to God. In fact, this psalm uh, description, which is a great description, is a psalm written of David when he was pretending to be insane. Isn't that just a great description? Uh, Through all the stuff that's going on in his life, he had Saul who was pursuing him to kill him. And the only way David thought he was going to be able to get out of this tight spot that he was in, to get out of the troubles, to get out of the fears, was to actually pretend that he was crazy. So he may be basically past, that this death that surely was going to seek him would not come to fruition. And so even that description provides hope. Because no matter what you're facing, I doubt in the place you're in in your life right now, you think, well, the only option I have is to be crazy. That's my only hope. I just have to act like something is wrong with me and maybe all these pains will pass. But even in the midst of this, as he's pretending to be crazy, as he's pretending to to basically try to make this pain overlook him, he he offers these, these just nuggets of wisdom, this help that we can use uh, as we face whatever we're facing. So I want to look through the first uh, four verses. And what, what David describes here is being thankful for all that God has done. And as we approach the end of this year, this challenge and this word is the same for us today. How can we be thankful for all God has done? This is what he says, I will bless the Lord at all times. It's basically, I'm going to shine his name. I'm going to shine. I'm going to make his name, his reputation shine forth from my, from my life. His praises shall continually be in my mouth. My soul makes its boast in the Lord. Let the humble hear and be glad. Oh, magnify the Lord with me. That word magnify there is make God a high status. It's time to make him a high status. And that's what, what David is saying. And then let us exalt his name together. The word there, name, means his reputation. So let's shine forth, let's put his name, his reputation above every other. And the way that we do that is by blessing his name at all times, being thankful, choosing gratitude for all that he has done. Despite what you faced this past year, there are some times where God has come through, where he's protected you, where he's provided a person, a relationship, an opportunity, something that he has provided for you that has saved you from a lot of pain. Or in the midst of pain, he's provided the help that you need. And now is a great opportunity to recognize what God's been doing. Maybe you've seen it and you, you see, wow, God really came through in this situation. Maybe it was something your family was facing, a financial worry, 
uh, trouble that came with the stuff, your car, whatever it was, you, you can see this point and say, you know, God really came through. Or maybe you, you just see all this stuff and it's like these wires and they're just all tangled up. But you know there's something going on where, where you have hope. And that could be God working in your life. That could be God doing something behind the scenes. And now's the time to recognize that. So I, I encourage you, as you're sitting there right now, think through, has, has there been a relationship that you've encountered this past year that, that's been a help to you? Has there been something that's been provided to you that you needed that you did not have? Uh, have you prayed a prayer? You really needed God to come through in a certain area. You, you prayed to him and it happened. Is there an answered prayer that you can thank, thank God for? The idea is the only way to really bless his name and to shine forth who he is is to thank him for all that he's done. One of my highlights in my own life this past year was uh, my biological father calling to ask for forgiveness. And this was a prayer that I had prayed for years and years and years. And it was something that I wasn't sure what was going to happen with my relationship with my father. I wasn't sure this was going to work out or if we would never talk again. And I got a call out of the blue where he basically said, you know, God has been working on my life and I realized that I have wronged you and I need to make it right. And it's easy for that stuff to happen where you see the hand of God, miracles happen. And just kind of think, wow, that was, that was neat. But not to really take the time to thank God. And there's those kinds of things that happen to us all the time. The little things, the big things. And it's a time to, to reflect. And so today, tomorrow, even as you face uh, the first week in January, think through what are some things that you can thank God for. Uh, what this does is this is the background really thinking for, for what the walking with God is, is like. As you express gratitude and thanks, uh, the, the right perspective comes. Uh, there's actually been studies done that giving gratitude or expressing gratitude is the key to better health. And there was a, a woman who wrote a book called The How of Happiness, and she gives these just step after step of how, how to be happy. And depending on who you are, you may be a cynic and think, that's not going to work. Or you may just eat this stuff and want to write everyone down. But the number one thing on our list to experience happiness is to express gratitude. And there's been studies done of people that actually have written down things that they're thankful for and communicated to those that have provided that for them. And it's helped them emotionally, physically. Study after study been done of this, this idea of how gratitude greatly improves the outlook of your life. What David does here is he, he sets the precedence that it starts with thanking God for what flows from his hand. So this is the, this is the beginning of our thinking in the new year. It, it really is about him. What we have flows from him. So I encourage you to take the time to think through that. What's next? Well, in verse uh, 4, uh, we get some more perspective, and I'm going to read through that. And this is turning to God whatever the circumstances. So the first step is you want to thank him for all that he's done. And then you want to turn to him with whatever you're facing. That could be things that you're facing right now. You don't know how it's going to work out. These could be things that you don't even know about that could arise that you need to turn to him. And this is what David says. It says, I sought the Lord and he answered me. The, the idea of, of I sought is I'm seeking with care. I'm taking time to, to get to know him, to talk to him, to pray, to read the scriptures, to 
to do life his way. And he answered me and delivered me from all my fears. The idea of delivering is, is God pulled David out. Literally all the fears, he, he was pulled out from all my fears. The idea of fears there is dread. Dread is such a, a great word to describe a lot of times the things that we face that are just, oh, they, they cause size for us. So they cause this anxiety. It's dread. And so David's saying is, is, is as you thank God, you then need to turn to him and realize that he will deliver you from all your fears, from all your dread. Verse 5, those who look to him are radiant and their faces shall never be ashamed. This poor man cried and the Lord heard him and saved him out of all of his troubles. The angel of the Lord encamps around those who fear him and delivers them. This idea of verse 5, it says, those who look to him are radiant and their faces shall never be ashamed. If you go to the previous verses, what David is saying is, I need to exalt God's name. I need to make sure his reputation is what's getting the credit in my life. People will look to me and not think I'm a great person, but that God is really working. He's really doing something. This is a putting God's reputation above your own. And the promise in verse 5 is that you'll never be ashamed. That word ashamed there means this idea of you're looking down like you have no direction, you have no hope, you, you don't know what is going to happen. And it's this point where you can't even look up to see what you're facing. You have to look down just in shame. And the hope that we have as we follow God is that you don't need to look down in shame because the, God's reputation never returns void. He will come through. This is what David is saying, this promise, we don't have to be ashamed. Why? Because he sends his angels to encamp around us to protect us and deliver us from everything that we face. Now, this is an encouragement to me because a lot of times I can look back and I can be really thankful. Wow, God, you came through in this situation. And I was facing this trouble and it worked out. I didn't think it was going to work out, but it did. But when I face new problems, I tend to throw that out of the window. You ever experienced that? It's this idea of you, you, you see God come through again and again, but then when you face problems, you're like, what am I going to do? And you forget all that has happened. You forget all that he has done. I have amnesia many times in my relationship with God. I forget. God, are you there? And he's like, look at your life. What do you think? oh yeah, but I have, I have this spiritual amnesia. And we, we all face that. We need help, we need help, we need help. We get the help. Okay, everything's good. Ah! We need help again. You know what? God provides it. And this is the promise. We thank God for what he's done, but then we, we turn to him whatever we face, knowing that the current fears that I'm facing, the struggles, the dread, he wants to help with the dread. I don't know if there's greater hope than that idea as we face a new year. Whatever dread you face, whatever fear, problem or anxiety, God wants to help you. Not in a general sort of way, but in a specific way. The things that you're faced, as you turn to him, ask him for help, he wants to help you. He wants to deliver you. He wants to pull you out. And we don't know when that's going to happen a lot of times. We don't know how it's going to happen. And sometimes we're meant to cook in a while in problems so we can mature and develop. That's what James talks about, develops perseverance. But ultimately, God will not crush us. We will not be 
destroyed. There is hope. So the same thing as we look and, and kind of reflect on what God has done. Take the time right now. Think through. What are you dreading that you face right now? Is there anything just related to work as you, maybe you've had some time off and you're looking to go back and you're thinking, oh, I don't want to face this person. I don't want to face this project. I don't know how it's going to work out. I don't know how I'm going to meet that deadline. Or maybe your finances. Christmas, if you're like me, Christmas is like, what budget? (laughs) And then January's like, oh, budget. Right? That can even be dread. Just like the new reality of like no more Christmas. Now it's life disciplined. Whatever it is, take the time to think through what, what are the things you're dreading specifically and invite God into the equation. Uh, relationships or, or a habit, a habit that you, you need to establish. You know, New Year's resolutions, I love those. I have great ideas every year. But maybe actually like you want to do it, Right? Now, there won't be a quiz on January 6th. We're not going to say, okay, on your connection card, how many of you are still doing? We're not going to do that because it's embarrassing. But the, the idea is maybe there is some habits that you actually really do need to establish in your life. Or maybe there's some that you need to break. And the dread of starting a new discipline or stopping something that you've done for a long time is just weighing upon you. Identify that. Ask God for help. Turn to him. He is the almighty God. There's nothing that you're facing that he cannot help you with. We hear that, but many times in our life, we just, we borrow this trouble and we just hold it inside and we just want to handle it ourselves. And we have the almighty God that will help us on our behalf. And we need to turn to him. And I encourage you, now is the opportunity to do it. Don't wait. Turn to him whatever your face. Then the last section of Psalm 34 is also a promise. So you've thanked him. This is what we're supposed to do. We thank him for all that he's done. We turn to him whatever we face, and then we see him act. We experience him coming through. And this is what those verses say. Verse 8, O taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the man who takes refuge in him. Oh, fear the Lord, you his saints, for those who fear him have no lack. The young lions suffer want and hunger, but those who seek the Lord lack no good thing. Uh, Matthew Henry was a, a theologian, wrote some commentaries on the Bible, and been a big, big help to me as I've done research and things through the years, but he has this, this quote related to this idea of tasting and seeing. He says, be so convinced of his goodness as thereby to be encouraged in the worst of times to trust in him. Tasting and seeing is, is this idea of you need to experience God. Not ideas about him, not words about him, but you actually experience him. You see him come through. You cannot taste and see God by trying to control and make sure everything in your life is completely secure. Tasting and seeing means it's faith. Experiencing God come through is you give that up to God, not knowing what the outcome will be, 
but trusting that if his word says he will deliver us, that we do not need to be ashamed that that is actually true. To experience God come through is risk. It's actually time to risk in this new year that God is who he said he is, and he's going to do what he says he will do. Could you imagine if each of us actually really took that seriously? This idea of his word says that there's hope and that he will answer the things that are dreading us, concerning us. And I experienced it in the past and I've seen him come through. And so I'm going to do it again. Could you imagine what that would do to our family life as people actually really think, you know, I'm not sure what's going to happen. Maybe you're talking to your spouse, you're not sure what's going to happen in this certain area related to the job, or this certain area related to finances, or the future, this idea of the unknown. You're not sure what's going to happen, but you're going to trust God. You're not going to kind of control the outcome, but you're going to allow God to intervene. Do your part, but ultimately, seek Him. This is what the psalmist is saying. This is what David is encouraging us to do. Taste and see that He is good. This is an active commitment to doing life God's way. And it's described by fearing him. Uh, one guy said this. This was, this was helpful to me. He says, fear him. It's not fear and shun him, but fear and seek him. See, sometimes we approach God like, okay, don't, don't squash me. And there's this idea of fear to the point where you don't want to have a relationship with him because you think God's out for you or He doesn't really do what he says, or there's this misconception of God in your life. But this idea of fear is he is true to his word, each part of it. So the fear is I'm going to take him seriously. I'm going to do what he says. That's what faith is. I'm going to do what he says because he is trustworthy. And depending on where you are, this could be a real stretch for you, this idea of actually trusting him with some things that you face. But if you think about it, we each have something that we're putting our trust in. It could be our own reason. It could be our own effort. It could be our own logic or understanding of a situation. And we think, well, I can figure this out on my own. But in my experiences, anytime I have like a scale and my own understanding and logic is on one side and God is on the other it, it, it's not even like at any point is it level. This drop, this, the God side drops through, blows the ground up, and I'm like, yeah, my ideas aren't that great. But this is the battle we have. It's this idea of we, we kind of, you know, do I bring God into this or do I try to do this? And we, we're seriously weighing this. But we all trust something. It could be someone else in your life, a spouse or a family member or a position or status, this thing is really important to us, and this is what we, we lean on. What David is saying is you, you cannot lean on that and experience God coming through. You have to abandon whatever crutch that you have that's propping you up. It's a mirage. It will not give you what you think it will. It won't give you the security It won't give you the joy. It will not do what you think it will. Only God can do that. And maybe you've been investigating Christianity for a while, and there's just something in your head where you think, you know, I'm just, 
I think I can do this by myself. I encourage you, take a look back. Has that, has that been working? Has that really been doing what you thought it would? Are there holes in your life that you realize, like, really, if I look at it, things have not worked out like I thought? Or maybe you've been walking with God for a while, and just over time, you've, you've just grown apathetic. You really don't want to seek Him. You're not really taking Him seriously. This fear of Him is, is more a fear and shun, not fear and seek. And so I encourage you, now, now's the time. Take a look at maybe some habits that have been formed that are just for your own self. They're not really allowing you to be the disciplined person that God wants you to be. That could be the time that you spend with him in scripture, the time you cry out to him in prayer, just asking him for help with whatever you face. This is a great opportunity, and David provides this platform where we can decide right now, here and now, I don't want to rely on myself my own ideas, my own understanding. I'm going to do my part. I'm going to stay engaged. I'm going to be disciplined. But at no point am I going to try to do this by myself. Tasting and seeing means we have to get rid of the crutch and, and turn to God. It is a risk. But I encourage you, now is the time to take that risk and see God come through. I know in my own life, every time I've wondered what is going to happen as I've turned to God. He provides. It works out. And I, I have this from, from experience. And that changes my outlook. That changes my perspective. Uh, one, one of my kind of greatest descriptions of God can be found in another psalm, in Psalm 23, where he's described as, as a shepherd. And Psalm 23, 1 says, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not be in want. And there's this idea that what, what David is talking about in Psalm 34 is this, this same idea in Psalm 23. Because he is shepherd, because he guides, because he protects, because he leads, because he corrects if necessary with his staff on my stubborn head, I, I shall not be in want. Is there a greater promise that we have from anything? There's no relationship that we have where we can experience no want because of it. There's always something we want more from that person, from that career, from the amount of money that we have. There's always something that we still want, that we still long for. But the great shepherd, God himself, he's my shepherd, I shall not want. And then Psalm 34, the end, blessed is the man who takes refuge in him. Bless, you're, you're, you're happy. You actually have a good life. I guarantee you right now, all the bookstores are selling, you know, tons and tons and tons and tons of books related to eating right. Right? I mean, you're actually thinking on the way home, stopping by Borders and picking one up. Because you're just like, oh, I got to do this, right? Or exercise, exercise in the new year, eating right in the new year. Financial peace in the new year. There's all these things where now we want to we change. We want to learn. We want to adapt. But this is really where it starts. Blessed is the man. This is, 
you will experience a better life. Those things can help. Eating healthy, being healthy, exercise, those things, those disciplines are helpful, but they don't lead to a blessed life. That only comes from, from following God himself. This is really taking a spiritual inventory. So I encourage you to do that. Take some time over the next couple of days uh, to look through this psalm. See if there's anything that, that you can look at and say, okay, this is something that I need to do. Or David's perspective here is something that I need to adopt. And I, I encourage you to do that. Uh, there's some next steps that you can take related to today's message. Each week, we provide next steps. And what this does is a lot of times we hear information and we hear someone speak and we hear words and there are ideas to us. Next steps are actually ways of taking ideas and thinking through how can you get that into your life? How can you apply that? So here are some suggested ones. If there's something else that you just need to do, write that down. It doesn't have to be one of these. But here are some suggested ones that I, I came up with. First is, uh, memorize a section of Psalm 34 to remember in this new year. Is there a part of God's truth that you can take with you that either talks about uh, being sheltered in him or tasting and seeing, remembering that, that he's good, whatever that is, pick a section to memorize, and I encourage you to do that. Uh, the second is ask God for help in an area where you need him to come through. The things that you're dreading, that, that would be that next step. Something that you're dreading, you need him to come through. Think through that. Third, thank God for some specific things he has done this past year. Actually, thank him. Take the time to do that. And like I mentioned during the announcements, if you want to attend the Lord's Supper and you need childcare, mark that on there. And then if you want to help with the door hangers or help with surveys, uh, you can mark that on there as well. Let's pray together. God, thank you for your word that doesn't return void. And you have promised to us that we are blessed if we take refuge in you, if we actually allow you to be the shelter in our thinking, uh, in our life, as we make decisions, as we consider you and as we bring you into the decision-making process and all the things that we're facing, you, you really do transform us. And I, I thank you that you are a God that doesn't just say things, you do things. And I know in my own life you have done them despite so many times that I've messed up, despite so many times that I've doubted or turned in fear because I wasn't sure what was going to happen, uh, you are a God that comes through. And I pray this morning that you will encourage us to see you for who you are and to trust in you and that we'll, we will decide to, to not lean on anything that is really propping us up artificially. Uh, we want to lean on you, and we want to trust in you, and I pray that we'll do that with whatever we're facing, and whatever we will face that we, we don't even know about. So we, we need your help to see clearly, and we ask for that in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen.